0: If you see a company as a, an organism, you need to understand how the organization works if you want to help it to grow. Sometimes the things that have the biggest impact cannot be modeled on a spreadsheet or, or, or come across in a meeting.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Backbone, a podcast exploring the journey of finance and operations within tech companies. I'm your host, Siobhan Dada at Shabam on Twitter. If this is your first episode, welcome, and thanks for checking it out. For those returning listeners, I'm so glad you're here. I hope that you've subscribed, rated, and reviewed the show on whichever platform you're hearing this now. It would mean so much to me and help spread the stories of these amazing finance leaders we feature on The Backbone. On the show today, I'm excited to welcome Tom Finn. Tom is currently the VP of Finance at Solstice, a Chicago-based digital innovation company that helps large Fortune 500 clients such as Discover, Health First, Blue Cross Blue Shield and John Deere with their digital journey. Tom has over 20 years of experience in the high-tech sector, with pioneering companies such as Peapod, the largest U.S. online grocery delivery platform, where he spent six years as the CFO and was responsible for the financial and accounting operations of the company, as well as representing these functions on the executive management team. Tom's areas of expertise are helping organizations scale to the next level, something he has helped do at Peapod and at AIM Specialty Health. And now, at Solstice, his experience has given him good insight into the do's and don'ts of the role of finance in rapidly growing tech-focused companies, wanting to shake up the status quo. And so enough from me, let's get to today's episode with Tom Finn, VP of Finance at Solstice. Tom, thank you so much for joining the Backbone Podcast. I'm really looking forward to this discussion. So let's get started right away. Prior to your current gig as the VP of Finance at Solstice, you've been at the intersection of tech and finance for over 20 years in progressive roles. And so talk to me about your journey into tech and finance after getting your CPA in Ireland. Yeah, I'm glad to be
0: with you this evening. Um, Yeah, I've always been worked for companies that really have been at the cutting edge. They're first to market, and they set the benchmarks rather than following and anything else that other people are doing. For example, when I was in college, um, after I finished up there, I went working for an insurance company. I helped set up their financing arm the first time anyone in the country had done that. And when I moved to the US, I wanted to kind of continue my career where working with companies that really, really were out there to change the things. The market wasn't, may not be there. The market may not have been developed, but they went out there and created demand for themselves. When I moved to the US, I think the first company when I had a positive impact of tech was a company called American Imaging Management. It's a cost management company in the healthcare sector. And basically what we did is we used technology to allow doctors to get pre-approval for procedures via the web portal um, versus them having to sit in the phone for 20 minutes. So it alone there, the fact that we allowed doctors to actually do their job versus having to sit and talk to somebody in a call center. Certainly, I, we felt like it was a meaningful a meaningful proposition, and as a result, we ended up selling the company about five years later to WellPoint, which is a large um, healthcare provider themselves. So after that, I mean, I was looking for a new challenge. I, I decided to go to Peapod. Um, if you're not aware of Peapod, Peapod is the largest online grocery company in the US and also has the claim to fame to be the longest surviving dot-com in the world. So They've been around for about 25 years and they were on the cusp of big growth and they wanted someone with my background to come in and really help them grow. I was excited by the opportunity because at the time, grocery retail was one of the last frontiers left in e-commerce. The barriers they're holding it back was people were reluctant to have deliveries into their house and also the fact that they were picking fresh products. But Peapot, they have they have solved the problem and have a very loyal customer base both here in Chicago, which is their home market and also on the East Coast um, as well. And Basically, my role there was really um, to help give them discipline as they grow the company. Our ambition was to double our revenues in two, year, in two to three years and basically at the same time, not necessarily just throw money at the problem but actually grow in a structured and disciplined way, which is, is is the key for long-term success in any kind of company in a scale stage and then about after about six years i pretty much achieved all i had to it at peapod and i wanted a new challenge and i after a few false starts uh, i finally found my fit my fit here at solstice which i've been for the last couple of months so
1: that's great so tell me a bit more about solstice what does the company do and what is it all about
0: Yeah, Solstice is a technology firm and um, we're very much focused on advising large fortune five hundred and firms on digital innovation. Um, digital innovation is a very broad term and it's something that gets p- bounced around the C-suite a lot but a lot of say even C- CIOs for very large companies they do not have the time to go out there and research what is the best types of digital products that they need to grow their business. That's where a company like us comes in. We We have gone out there, we have researched the products, we have tried the products ourselves and we're ready to help them put in the necessary structures and help them scale the digital the digital products they need within their within their company. Um, we've a pretty broad range of clients. Some of our better known clients include Discover, um, Garden Food Services, a very large private firm. And also recently we've got into healthcare with um, the parent company of Blue Cross Blue Shield here in Illinois and also with Health First uh, in the New York market. So so I think what sets Solstice apart from our larger competitors is really our focus on building long-term partnerships with our clients for the digital journey. We are very selective regarding our client base. Yes, we could grow faster, but we want to grow with the clients because we're going on this journey with them for 5, 10, 15 years. We're not just here for what they're doing now with the project. We want to be their go-to people, their digital innovation people and help them grow that company, grow their company as fast as they can, and in a meaningful way, not just throw money at the problem as such. One of the other key things, I think, is for companies, we they have to share our core values. That's a big thing here at Solstice. We, some of our core values, including like we embrace servant leadership, we pr- practice empathy, um, we empower disruption, and also one of the key things i think is we make we want to make a difference in the world and in what we do focus on the journey our clients want to take so they get the maximum value for them out of out of technology for solstice technology is the platform on which they can build success for our clients what truly sets solstice apart in my view is the people a lot of companies talk about having a people focused culture but i think for solstice was the first company i have ever worked for where they truly live up to that to what they say Innovation is truly encouraged. We give every employee uh, $5,000 training budget every year to do the training that they want to improve their skill set. Not necessarily all for us, but how they want to grow as people. Um, a good example is also, we encourage innovation in the company is a recent project where a group of solstis, as we call our employees, uh, who work on the consulting oh. side, yes, <laughs> uh, designed a platform methodology and, and, and they and, and relaunched our internal reward system. So before we used to have something called Solstice Box, basically it was kind of just like, like dollars, Kind of piece of paper you give to someone; they were doing a good job. The problem with that is it kind of lacked meaning over time, and there wasn't really a lot of rewards out there. So, so these guys took it on themselves. Went out there the whole platform um, actually one of the reasons that they were telling me doing it was to learn all about the blockchain technology which we a lot of our customers are getting interested in and really applying it in a real world situation um, versus just doing it fairly hypothetically so that's really cool yeah I mean it's the kind of people we nurture at Solstice because as we have the ability to take initiative and are always hungry to learn not so that we can say to our customers we know how to do it as we have done it ourselves internally
1: for sure I was just gonna- to say that now that they've built this rewards um internal rewards platform you can now take that to other companies that are looking to maybe evolve their own um internal rewards platform themselves and saying hey here's an example it's tried and true here at solstice itself so you kind of put your money where your mouth is as they say for sure and i mean and
0: that's only one example because i mean people here are not necessarily like a traditional consulting firm it's really we talk. The innovation is a big part for us because we're, we're not we we don't take technologies that we would not use ourselves and give them to our clients. We have tested these technologies. We have rolled them out with other clients. We have, and one of our I think our our chief credits to us is our ability to retain business. We have a lot of clients. Fortune 500 clients, we have trained for multiple years because they really value the effort we extra effort we make at them really to get to know their business and to know what they really want.
1: That makes so so much sense. Um, I, I want to spend some time now talking about uh, something that you and I chatted about. You know, prior to um, this call, was the you spoke at length about a finance leader whose ability to get dirt underneath their fingers. So I want to dissect that a little bit more um talk to me about what that really means
0: yeah i mean if you, you if you see a company as a, an organism you need to understand how the organization works if you want to help it to grow sometimes the things that have the biggest impact cannot be modeled on a spreadsheet or, or, or come across in a meeting also in a scaling organization it's important to manage change that you can really understand what you are changing again you, to do this effectively, you have to be involved in the detail, you have to understand what are the underlying drivers that being said, one should not, I, I certainly don't confuse getting into the Getting into the detail, getting doctrinal, if you um, confuse that with micromanagement, you really just need to understand what, what what's involved versus controlling everything that does happen. And also, I think it's one of the most important things for me. It creates a bond with the people who work within your group. It, they feel a bit more affinity towards you in terms of you're willing to to put in the time that they're put in. You are having the same pains and frustrations that they may be having, and I think that's a, a key reason for employee retention versus I mean Employees can go to other companies, but I feel when I when I work with people, I feel like I've got their backs. I feel I'm there to help them grow their careers, and and to be honest, sometimes I actually encourage them to leave and go and do different things, just for the fact I feel you go, you develop your career, and come back to me in five years, and then we, I think we, we you will be at a stage for a role to working in, within within my organization again. So, and I I feel that's extremely important. You only can do that by. Re- really Getting down there, getting it, getting into the weeds, and understanding what's going on in the business.
1: In order to be empathetic, you have to be in the trenches with them, um, and and kind of feel what they're feeling and go through some of that. Uh, but like you said, there's always that balance of uh, you know micromanaging that uh, aspect as well. So couldn't agree with you more yeah. on that. Like you mentioned, you're now you know well on your way. You're six months into your role here at Solstice. Um, the company has over 450 employees. So when you stepped into the finance seat, uh, for a company at this scale, how do you get up to speed quickly? Um, and, and so the, the reason I ask this is because, you know, relative, it's a different challenge to go into an organization where it's much earlier stage and you are the first finance person who is setting up the finance function here. It's a company is at scale. And so now you are entering the finance seat. How do you get caught up to uh, speed quickly? Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm very lucky here at Sources, to be honest, because what as I mentioned earlier, one of our strongest suits is our people. And everybody there is helping you to succeed. We don't see something going wrong as a failure. We just see it on another step to succeed. So that was very important. The key thing I always tell people is talk to the people you work with. It's... How do you learn? How do you learn what's going on in the business? How do you understand what are the pain points? How do you learn? Activity? It's talking with the people. And that's not necessarily the people in your function, but across the organization. So like I said, I, like when I first arrived here at Salsus, the first thing I did, the first three weeks, I did not dive into looking at the systems we had. I really sat down with the people, met with them, Understanding what their issues were, where they would like to see the finance function going. And then I was in a position I felt then to really be able to focus my learning on the areas that needed the most attention the most urgently. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you cannot learn everything immediately in three, four, five, six months. It's really an ongoing learning process. So what I when I do, I focus my learning really on the things I think that are most important to the people and need the highest priority.
1: Gotcha. So, you know, after you spend the first kind of two to to three weeks really learning about what the stakeholders are looking at and looking for, how would you, I guess, compare and contrast that with coming into the finance seat uh, for a startup, for instance, Mm -hmm. like Peapod that you mentioned, versus coming into an organization that is at scale. Uh, What are some of the similarities and differences in in those types of situations as you come in, and um, what, I guess, do you prioritize in the first 100 days in each scenario?
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, the big difference, I think, in in a startup situation, there is usually very, very little financial structure or organization organizational structure in the traditional sense. There's a lot of co-making between functions, which makes sense given it's probably a smaller organization. In a growing organization like here at Solstice, the basics are there. The question is, is how can we take it to that next level? So it's actually a more challenging to actually work within a scaling organization for the simple fact that you have to work within an existing structure you, when you work in a startup you can effectively craft it from the ground up here you are having to craft it but it's also within something that exists and also in organizations as well, change is something that can frighten people and when they're not used to it. So I think an important thing is, I think on your first 100 days, is really to get to know the key stakeholders within the company. I mean, establish what their level of resistance to change if it does exist and also get, get 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 an understanding i think coming out of that you get a good understanding of the key barriers to scale and then outline how these barriers can be overcome along with who needs to be part of the process and i think the most important thing of all because any business i feel no matter how big or how small it is a people business still and it's, you have to establish trust and respect If you can do all those within the first 100 days, I think you're setting yourself up for success for the long term.
1: Wow. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, Last question here before we go into our quickfire round, and that is, in your opinion, what is the importance of the finance function within a high-growth technology company?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's finance is... One reason I like finance myself personally is because it's such an overarching area. You're not just looking at one particular area of the business, you're really covering a broad spectrum, including technology, the, the HRs, operations, w- way across the business. So one, what are therefore, I think it's important for finance, its role is to synthesize all the data, all the information they are seeing, and being that arbiter, if you want to say, between functions, I mean, setting expectations in terms of the, the available of limited resources, um, being a person to say no, which is a hard thing to learn in finances. Everybody's coming to you. Everybody has a viable business plan for you in terms of what they want to spend. Being able yeah. to understand and being able to really I mean, give those resources when required. And also, basically, to know how quickly you can get it, you can get the return on these. And I think one of the most important thing as well, I think for a finance the fact, is really be there to support the management team because a lot of people in high growth technology are not coming out of a traditional business structure, but as they grow, they have to have some of the best practices of traditional business structures. And you have to be there as a, as a learning resource, but also as a support resource as well.
1: And so what I'd like to do now is jump into our quickfire round and then the way this works is I'll ask you a couple of questions you have 10 to 15 seconds yeah. to respond to each how does that sound that sounds good all right so what is your go-to online resource for all things startup finance or growth finance related you
0: I usually use built in Chicago it's a local resource here in Chicago it's it's usually got a lot a lot of a lot of information on jobs on new companies what they're doing so it's, it's a great first touch point um, Chicago has a great startup community and I think this is one of its key resources that we use um, for recruiting and so forth.
1: Cool. Um, what is your favorite productivity hack?
0: To be honest, it's a simple one. I just like to keep meetings short and to the point, um, no longer than 30, 30 minutes where possible and focusing on one
1: topic. So. Gotcha. I, I'm going to actually, um, cheat myself here and ask you what are some of those, um, things that you use to keep meetings short because, uh, you know, um, uh, meetings just tend to consume up a lot of uh, everyone's days.
0: Yeah. I think part of it is, is, is just giving structure to the meeting as well. A lot of meetings they come in and you ought to go off into tangents very quickly. I think whoever is the meeting leader needs to truly lead the meeting in terms of you have you, you, you identify what's what's the meeting about. That's two three minutes. Getting some background of the issue three four minutes the deep dive into this another 20, 25 minutes and then have a summation of next steps and keep that. It's, it, I, again, it's it's one of those things where I think it's a skill that one learns over time um, rather than you're uniquely born with it. But it's, it's it's something I think that's very important given the fact that most people have too much meeting, they, they spend more time in meetings than they do actually doing productive work. So I think it's, and as mm-hmm. if it's keep it to 30 minutes, people tr- feel the urgency and they feel the need. To get their
1: point across with them gotcha and and now back into quick fire mode and keeping this in order like you <laughs> said um, one thing you don't leave the office before finishing
0: Honestly, the one thing i do i always try to get back to my employees on the day even if it's a, if they send me an email say at I'd say eight o'clock in the morning one thing I always try to get to employ back um, within that day even if it's to say hey I look into it it's just I think it's important to if you expect a certain level of service a certain level, level of professionalism from your employees you should I believe you should also practice that yourself so that's one of the key things um, I do sometimes it's, it's just one two words sometimes it could be a, a long 20 minute 25 minute email but always try to get back to them to show and again that's as i said it showing that empathy that you're in this the journey with them as well.
1: I like it a lot. Uh, what's one tech jargon that makes you cringe?
0: Oh, I think it has to be world-class organizations. I think everybody <laughs> kind of uses that kind of term. Every, we're a world-class. What is a world-class organization? It just seems overused.
1: Yeah, it's very subjective. Uh, what's the best advice you've received so far in your career?
0: I think um, it was one of my old bosses, said, he said, he said, your job is not about being liked, it's about being respected. But if you can get respected and being liked, then all the better. I think that's the key thing is, I always a firm believer in doing it by the honey versus the vinegar. But at the end of the day, you have to know, you finance people have a stewardship role within a company, and you have to be very cognizant of that. And I think if you do that fairly honestly and transparent and in a transparent nature, I mean, I uh, mean, people will respect you. And again, I mean, it's it, if they like you, all of it.
1: That's great. I, I love that one. Well, thank you so much, Tom. It's really been a pleasure chatting with you and uh, learning about uh, what it really means to get dirt underneath your fingers, as you said, yeah, and as well as comparing and contrasting some of the ways that you go about uh, setting up a finance function, whether it be initially at a startup or whether it be at a scale up and how that um, differs in the approach that you take with in the first 100 days. So I really enjoyed this chat. And thank you so much for coming on The Backbone, Tom.
0: You're welcome. I really enjoyed it too. So thanks.
1: And that wraps up another episode of The Backbone. What an awesome discussion with Tom Finn, VP of finance at Solstice. If you enjoyed this show, check out some of the other awesome finance leaders featured on The Backbone from companies like Ecobee, Wealthsimple, League, and many more. Thank you for listening all the way through and joining me on this journey inside finance at a tech company. Until next time, Take care.